This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon. Welcome to Health and Living with me, T. Xiao Ik, for our Doctor in the House segment this Friday evening. Joining me, my co-host, Dr. George Lee, consultant urologist. How are you, George? I'm very good. Today is another Friday, but tomorrow is a you know public holiday, I guess. You know, it's a very important day for Malaysia. Big celebration for Malaysia. It's Malaysia Day tomorrow. Yeah. And um, our 60th, you know, right? Uh, yes, that's right. You had me doing maths for a while. <laughs> Caught me there. Uh, 16th September, Malaysia Day. Speaking of that number 16, yes. here's some interesting trivia for you, okay. George. <laughs> well, that's a long time ago for me. No, the number 16 uh, oh, came, not my up, sweet 16. came up when I searched for the hashtag braces ah, on TikTok. Okay. And there are 16 billion views for braces. Right. Okay, the internet is obsessed with the idea of the perfect smile. I okay, think. <laughs> of course. And then, okay, of course, the younger generation will look for information through TikTok. So yes. there are 16 billion 16 youngsters million out there and yeah. some of them might be listening to old-fashioned way of the radio on BFM. Hey. Might be interested in today's yes. topic. That's right. We have an expert in the studio with us today to help us understand the importance of, um, you know, getting it right when you want the a nice-looking smile. If you need to correct the alignment of your teeth. Um, you are talking about using things like braces and aligners, and they're not merely cosmetic tools. Um, they are actually meant to help correct these orthodontic problems um, mm-hmm. that go beyond aesthetics. They have an impact on your oral health and your overall health. So joining us in the studio is um, specialist orthodontist, Dr. Darsha Mayapan. And uh, we'll get a bit of a 101 from of her. Course. And uh, I think she this really... This is our first time, right? Having a topic like this. For Dr. Nhaus, yes. That indeed, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so we're excited. They're just trying to find out even someone like me. Is, is it too old to have one? Uh, oh, <laughs> interesting. Yes, we'll get to that. And uh, I think Dr. Dr. Dashar also really wants to highlight um, sort of tips or, or uh, ways for people to know that you are going to the right professional and you're getting it done right and not going sort of the DIY uh, route. So call us with your questions 0377332900 or WhatsApp or your mobile number 0187898899 or tweet us at BFM Radio if you want to know more about um, braces, aligners, retainers, all of that to fix your teeth. Um, just very quickly, Dr. Darsha, um, can you distinguish for us um, the differences between an orthodontist and a dentist? All right. Hello. Hello, everyone. So a dentist basically gets their dental training uh, in the dental school for about mm-hmm. four to five years. So an orthodontist takes up additional training for another three to four years uh, for the specialist training in an institution that is uh, recognized by the Ministry of Health Malaysia. Mm-hmm. So all dentists generally have a registration number as they, as they are registered with the Malaysian Dental Council. And now, uh, similar to the National Specialist Register, where we have for doctors and specialists. So we have a a specialist registration just for dentists as well, for specialist dentists like Mm. orthodontists, periodontists and so on. So the practice of orthodontics basically focuses on not not just teeth alignment and, you know, getting a pretty smile. It is also on jaw growth, especially Uh jaw growth on children, cleft lip and uh, palate care as well. And we are trained to actually look at the face as a whole, as a whole unit. Mm -hmm. Facial symmetry, we also look at the dentition. So it is is together. Mm -hmm. 
and it's just not about straightening teeth. Mm. So in other words, you're dentists with that um, fine-tuning to make it absolutely perfect. Yes, because obviously your facial features and your dentition has to be in harmony mm-hmm. for it to appear good. Yeah, but the idea of perfection, right, it's not just to look good, right? Yes, um, yes, absolutely. How does it affect function? How does it affect um, health related to um, you know actually uh, fundamental body needs? So that's the thing. If your bite is not in an ideal position, of course everybody these days are talking about braces and they associate it to like a sense of Vanity, you know, just to have a pretty smile. But what we actually look at is beyond just, you know, teeth alignment. Mm-hmm. So if your bite is not ideal, it's not fitting in very well. Okay, first of all, you will not be able to chew very well. Yeah, eating mastication becomes a problem. And it also overloads your jaw joint. So uh-huh. you start having this TMD problems, temporomandibular dysfunction and all sorts of pain in your jaw joints. And uh, this will actually affect your health as well. And of course, of course. when you have straighter, well-aligned teeth, it's a lot easier to keep your teeth clean. So, you know, you can actually reduce the number of, uh, you know, bacteria in your mouth. You will be able to maintain your health, overall health, much better. Mm. Mm-hmm. Are these issues um, structural in the sense that um, somebody would be born with it like that and you'd be looking at them at, at their pediatric age? Yes, that's an excellent, um, you know, that's that's an excellent uh, question or way to view it. So orthodontic treatment basically can be divided into jaw problems or teeth problems. So mm-hmm. it's actually beyond the teeth. So we are trained to look at things beyond the teeth. So a jaw problem refers to skeletal problem, genetically. Right. So you're so, born with certain structure. So you're born with certain structure. So perhaps your your lower jaw is um, growing in a much faster rate than your upper jaw. Mm-hmm. Your upper jaw growth is stunted. So they don't meet very well when you put them, try to fit them in together. Or some cases where your mandible, your lower jaw is a lot smaller. So that is the skeletal aspect of it. So when you look at the dental aspect, then we look at the teeth, uh, you know, the kind of problems that we have is crowding, perhaps the the space in the jaw is not mm-hmm. sufficient to accommodate that number of teeth or the teeth is too large, the jaw is too small. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have open bite whereby sometimes the upper and lower teeth doesn't meet. And, and you know, these patients, a lot of them actually lisp. So lisping is also one of the effects that you can have when your teeth is not really fitting very well. And then sometimes you have crossbite, the upper teeth overlaps the lower teeth too much. Mm-hmm. It causes trauma to the upper gums. So the whole idea here is, I think... Um, the public really need to see orthodontic problems as just beyond the teeth. Right. It is a lot more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, when do people start looking into it? I mean, mm-hmm. shall we ask the questions like, you're born with it, you know, do parents have to start looking into the structural or, um, you know, jaw or teeth problems from day one? Yeah, so that's an excellent question, George. So uh, the American Association of Orthodontists recommends that uh, every child around the age seven should be taken to an orthodontist for an assessment. So we may not start the treatment immediately, but what we're trying to see here is, is there a way for us to intercept the jaw growth. Is there a way when we assess the children a lot earlier, normally we would be able to obviate, you know, we can start with very simple orthodontic treatment to make the things, um, you know, less severe in the future. So it can even obviate the need for surgery in the future, jaw surgery. So I would recommend all parents to bring in the children at about age seven Mm -hmm. for an orthodontic assessment. Yeah, just to see whether the jaws are well aligned, uh, you know, the teeth is in the right position because we are trained to actually predict future growth to 
a certain extent. Mm-hmm. We cannot change the growth, but there are certain modalities that we can use to intercept to make the problem less severe in the future. Interception is not changing the growth in some way? Uh, it's modifying. It's modifying. Right. You, you can't completely, for example, if the mandible is small, mm-hmm. you cannot actually, it's a gimmick that people say we can grow mandible. You cannot because it's controlled genetically. Mm-hmm. But what we can do is we can guide and uh, the direction of the mandible mm-hmm. so to make the bite a lot better. Yes. Is it seven because the permanent teeth have started coming out at that point? So, so the best part about age seven is it's the mixed dentition phase. So you have some baby teeth and you have some adult teeth. So that is the right age because uh, the child would be, it's pre-pubertal. Mm-hmm. So any of the interception we want to take uh, during orthodontics, we try to do it around the pubertal mm-hmm. age because that's when they're rapidly growing mm-hmm. and we can maximize the effect of favorable growth. Then. And show it, that's also the time when they listen to you still to go to the dentist. <laughs> Beyond that, they will not listen yeah. to you anymore. So you have to accept that at that time you can say, Mummy say so. Yes. All right, okay. But actually, a listener is asking, What's the right age to take a child to the dentist for the first time? As early as one, you can take a six-month baby to a dentist. There's no problem. So when we look at it, uh, your first teeth, your first baby teeth comes at around uh, six months. So it starts with your lower teeth, you know, for, for an infant. And then it will be your upper teeth. So at the age of six months until about two and a half years, mm-hmm. that's when you tend to have your full set of baby teeth. Mm-hmm. So at about one will be ideal. So a general dentist would be able to advise you on oral hygiene, mm-hmm. you know, how to look after it. Mm-hmm. They can also count the number of teeth to see whether it, you know, it is suitable for that particular age or you know sometimes you have delayed mm-hmm. eruption and, and so on oh, I don't remember when I took my kids to go and see the <laughs> dentist or the orthodontist but shall we expect you know obviously it's been recommended that from age of seven that you know uh, children are taken to see orthodontists for assessment mm. do you do that? no no it's I, like, I, do you even know that? this me. is news to you right? so it's like on that basis can I say you know, obviously that's American recommendation. In Malaysia, how many people actually go and have their orthodontist assessment at the age of seven? So that's the thing. There's a bit of a, of a myth here, you know, or an assumption. I should say it's an assumption uh, whereby people think that you need to have all your permanent teeth before you go and see an orthodontist because only when then they're going to start the braces. So ideally, as from the orthodontic perspective, we, we want to have more permanent teeth, mm. okay, to fit in permanent braces to a certain extent that's true but uh, you do not actually have to wait until you're 12 for all the teeth to come true because there are some cases whereby especially your canines your upper fangs the mm-hmm. most prominent teeth you know the corner so these teeth they get impacted meaning they're embedded they're not in an ideal position and these kind of problems you want to actually detect them slightly earlier mm-hmm. so that you can actually intercept and uh, you know you can shorten the treatment time mm-hmm. in a way it, it, um are there enough orthodontists for, you know, parents to be, you know, sending their children? There's never to... enough specialists in <laughs> Malaysia. <laughs> it's always a supply versus demand That's kind of right. issue. You know? I mean, we're creating the demand right now. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. we're yes. creating some phone calls and inquiry, I'm sure for that. But uh, of course, I mean, awareness is of utmost importance. So uh, I think that's the battle they're having with Ministry of Health. When I used to work in the Ministry of Health back then, so uh, the problem is the number of orthodontists, you know, it's it's not enough. And sometimes I think the 
the distribution is not homogenous in the sense that they're all around Klang Valley. If you're looking at the east coast, you know, in certain towns, you might have to drive a couple of hours in order for you to get, mm-hmm. uh, you know, sure. to the orthodontist. So in those kind of cases, at least you can bring them to a general dentist, you know, and a general dentist will be able to assess, you know, if this problem is getting more severe, then they can, you know, at least refer them to the nearest orthodontist. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have visiting orthodontists. This mm-hmm. is the practice and ministry of health. Mm-hmm. In Klang Valley, you shouldn't have that problem. There are lots of private practitioners as well uh, doing orthodontics. So it shouldn't be that difficult to find an orthodontist in Klang Valley. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think apart from awareness of um, available services, I think there's also awareness of whether this is something that children have to accept, you know, so if this is uh, how your teeth is going to grow. And then sometimes I think general public are kind of accepting that there's nothing can be done about it. And then this is how it's going to end up. Would you think that, you know, in this days and age, people um, are not aware that orthodontists can provide the service to intervene? Yeah, so I think that, you see, most most children who come to me, uh, parents bring them at about 10 or 11, and sometimes it's just because the parents are getting a checkup for themselves, and then they say, oh, can you just look at my child as well? And uh, to be honest, we are so trained, you know, it's very common, these problems, that sometimes you can make a spot-on diagnosis that this child will need some kind of growth modification appliance and so Mm -hmm. on. Most of these children will complain, uh, number one, about bullying. Uh Yeah, when the upper teeth is too prominent. So Mm -hmm. that is very common. So it starts with the issue of bullying and issues with function in the sense that um, sometimes the way the bite is, they're unable to function properly. And trauma, when your teeth is so prominent in the front, they tend to have more frequent falls and so on, you know, when you're playing contact spots and all that. Mm -hmm. So I think the way that we look at it here is bring your child for an assessment anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, And and these children are actually really smart. They already start complaining, uh, saying that they're unable to bite very well their teeth that you know in school mm-hmm. so these should be like red flags that okay you need to get your child to the orthodontist yeah, yeah. alright uh, we'll continue the discussion after a quick break uh, in the studio with me my co-host Dr. George Lee and specialist orthodontist Dr. Darsha Mayapan we're discussing um, you know the work that an orthodontist does um, but actually we want to dive into um, using braces and aligners um, what you need to know about that so get your questions in we've got a few already that we'll address later on. Call us at 0377332900, WhatsApp 0187898899, or tweet us at BFM Radio. We'll be right back. Health and Living, BFM 89.9. Good afternoon. Welcome back on to Health and Living with me, T. Shaoik, and my co-host, Dr. George Lee, consultant urologist. Today, we're speaking to Dr. Darsha Mayapan, a specialist orthodontist, about correcting uh, some uh, you know, issues that are related to growth and development of the face, jaw bones, and the teeth, um, beyond the teeth, as uh, Dr. Darsha has mentioned. Um, and we will be looking more into braces and how that would help and what we need to know about you know getting that done right call us at 03-7733-2900 with your questions or whatsapp them in 018-789-8899 or tweet us at BFM Radio um, you mentioned lisps earlier so I'm just going to address that question very quickly first Dr. Darsha can lisps lisps 
be corrected completely uh, with orthodontic help or would it only help a little bit? Bit of a tongue twister, isn't yes, it? it is. <laughs> so, yes, okay. So, lisps, we need to identify the cause of the lisps. Mm-hmm. So, orthodontic problem as in an open bite in the front of your teeth can be one of the reasons you have a lisp. Uh, or you need to find out what is the issue that you're having. So, proper diagnosis is the key. Uh, you can correct your bite and then you will need the help of the speech therapist to help you as well. Mm. So, Yes, the answer is yes, maybe it can help, but it depends on what is the reason for the lisps first. So someone needs to do an assessment first, probably a speech therapist and an orthodontist as well. Mm. The word lisps is a very cruel one for somebody who has a lisp, I feel. Uh, Another question, um, our listener says she's 60. Um, Her teeth started crowding on one side and spacing out on the other side of her jaw. Is it too late for her to see an orthodontist? Okay, that's an interesting question. To be very honest, there is no age limit for orthodontics. Uh-huh. Uh, you can be eight, you can be 80. There no, is I'm not no too issues. late, just like, you know, even Absolutely for this lady who is 60, you know, uh, no. Dr. G still has some hope. <laughs> so the thing is, you need healthy bone. In order to move teeth, you need bone. Teeth is not going to move when you don't have healthy bone. So as mm. long as you have healthy teeth, healthy bone, we can move teeth. But in this situation, it sounds like um, this particular person probably has a bit of bone issue already. There's some uh-huh. inflammation going on around the gum tissue and the bone. So the bone support is less, so teeth is actually, you know, migrating because of the force from the tongue alone. Generally, anything in your mouth, you want this, there should be a balance between the forces from your cheeks, mm-hmm. your tongue, your lips, everything has to be in harmony. So uh, it is not too late to see an orthodontist. Yes, you can get a consultation to see what is the etiology. Everything goes back to diagnosis. You need to diagnose the person correctly, then you get the right treatment. Mm-hmm. Wrong diagnosis, wrong treatment. So Noted, mm. yeah. She's made me... Really pay attention to what's inside my mouth as well. <laughs> Did you see she was looking at our teeth? It's like, I think she's got occupational hazards that I she's know. constantly looking at your teeth. That's fine. <laughs> it becomes like some sort of an OCD. <laughs> <laughs> she'll tell us a diagnosis She's just holding later. back from telling us what's wrong. Right After, now. <laughs> when you're off air, she'll tell us, I'm sure. Yeah. So we wanted to dive into the use of braces. I think because it's such a trend mm-hmm. as well. So I think perhaps there will be misconceptions that you want to address. Um, But let's start with a basic understanding of what are braces and aligners. I think earlier you called them growth... um uh, modification. modification. Okay. All yeah. right. I'll, I will get to that. So, um, so braces and aligners. You know, they they have different names, mm-hmm. but ultimately, what do what are they? They're basically medium or tools used in orthodontics, yeah, to move teeth into ideal position. Mm-hmm. So, um, so braces are basically made of metal or ceramic. Yeah. So you have a different kind of components. Uh, so you have those metal attachments. You have wires, mm-hmm. and you know you put them on. And uh, so aligners on the other end, you're using specialized plastic to move teeth. So they are more invisible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they, it's less conspicuous when you wear an aligner. Mm-hmm. You still so you can don't see, see that, you, um, you know, railway tracks across. Yeah, you, you don't know, see yeah. any kind of, you know, so, um, yeah, but ideally what we're doing with these two, moder- you know, these two mediums is basically to move teeth. Yeah, with uh-huh. controlled force. It's not just like you clip it on, it's going to move. Yeah. So um, as an orthodontist, you're trained to apply constant, you know, controlled force gradually to move teeth into the position that we want. And what are we doing here? Actually, we're actually triggering bone remodeling. So what we're doing is as simple as that, triggering bone remodeling, we're moving teeth to a new position and you're changing the shape of the bone there. So mm-hmm. the bone adapts to the new position. And that's even possible for, um, you know, fully grown adults uh, with uh, our our. Are our teeth still able to modify and move? 
Yes, because I'm talking about bone remodeling here. So that's why braces generally works a lot more effective in younger patients, growing patients. So mm. they tend to have a shorter uh, treatment duration. Because of a simple physiology, bone remodeling is much quicker in, in young uh, patients compared to adults, but it is not impossible because, as you know, your bone keeps remodeling even mm-hmm. even when you're an adult, just at a slower rate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, how long would you need uh, braces for? How long does it take for that process to you know complete? <laughs> this is the part that you know a lot of people are impatient with. So there is no such thing as quick braces. You know, where it's a gimmick when people say ten day braces, two weeks braces. It uh-huh. is. It's literally impossible. So at an average, it takes for a well planned case. Yeah well-planned, well-diagnosed case, it takes about 18 months to two and a half years, plus minus six months Mm -hmm. uh, for for you to complete your orthodontic treatment. And the phase after braces is to put on your retainers. So retainers are basically the... um, Retainers are used to maintain what we've achieved with the braces because uh, teeth some sort has a memory, tries to go back to where nature, uh-huh. you know, put it back. So what we're tra- hoping to do with the retainers is to to let the teeth wear off that memory, let your bone gums and teeth wear off that, you know, that memory to wear off so that it maintains and it will last mm-hmm. you long. And how long will the retainer uh, be in place for? So literature says that retainer is lifelong, yeah. So uh, that's what, that's, there is a thing that they say, you know, some things are inevitable and life, like, you know, death, changes, taxes, and the other thing is orthodontic relapse. Oh, it is inevitable, but the best part is this is something you can control. The other ones, maybe you can't control, but you can control by wearing your retainers. If you're asking me, initially, you'll wear your retainers for many, many hours, and then it goes on to nighttime wear. That's for the first two years. And then after that, for maintenance, you just have to wear them like twice a week. So it is actually uh-huh. very doable. Very, okay. very doable. Not that bad. Yeah. We do have some questions, you know, I sort of saw uh, around for um, people who used to wear braces and actually a couple of them asked about what happens if you don't wear your retainers regularly <laughs> and uh, the other one being wire retainers versus plastic retainers. Okay, so what's uh, the, the irregular use first? Okay, so retainers, yeah, it depends on the type of cases. Certain type of cases, the tendency for relapse is a lot higher when teeth are brought into unstable position. For example, spacing cases. I always tell my patients, you know, when you have a lot of spacing, we close it up. The tendency for it to want to open up, you know, it's, it's going to be really high. So certain cases, you need to really be, you know, hardworking on your on your retainers. But uh, that's the thing. Uh, if teeth are diagnosed properly, so this is the work of the orthodontist or the attending clinician. If the case is done very well, then you're not too completely dependent on the retainer. So retainer works as an adjunct because it's already been treated well, treated correctly, diagnosed correctly. So the retainer is an adjunct to, um, you know, to maintain the teeth in a new position. So I think the most important thing is the first two years. If you can get through the first two years, you know, wearing your retainers diligently, you can relax slightly after that. But Mm. literature still says it's lifelong. Mm. So that's to address the first question. Wire versus plastic retainers. Okay, so the wire retainers are basically the fixed retainers where you put it um, in the inside part of your teeth, especially in the lowers. So wire retainers will need maintenance because, you know, still, you know, you have uh, plaque that can basically food remnants that can still get stuck. So you need to regularly maintain it with your dentist. What I advise uh, some patients is um, if you're wearing your wire retainers for like at least two to three years, mm-hmm. you know, after a while, if, if you think it becomes a reservoir for a lot of, you know, food getting stuck <laughs> and so on, then it's actually causing you 
doing you more harm than good. So I actually normally advise them to remove it and move on to a removable retainer where it's a lot easier to clean. Mm-hmm. If you look in terms of research, you know, fixed retainers or removable retainers, they work equally the same. Uh, so, yeah. Mm. Is it a challenge getting kids especially to um, practice proper hygiene mm-hmm. when they're wearing braces? Okay, you will be surprised. I've, I think I had much more difficulties with adults, to mm. be honest. <laughs> I think children... <laughs> I think, you know, it's it's a lot easier treating children because they adapt. And to a certain extent, what happens is initially there might be a bit of a difficulty telling them to keep their teeth clean. But as they see their teeth improving over two months, three months, you know, they start feeling a lot more confident. Mm-hmm. So they pay more attention to their teeth. And more they're, compliant. They're, yeah, they're way more compliant than adult patients. Adults, I think it's more of a habit. It's like all habits die hard. It's, it's difficult to adapt sometimes. And also if they don't see the good results that they expect uh, yeah. in short time, and then yeah. they might give up. Yeah, and, and we try not to not to get there so far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so far, I mean, you must have benefits, you know. Your orthodontic treatment is an investment. Yeah, both time, money and effort and all the sacrifice that you make, you know, not having, you know, different kind of diet and so on. So, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, when it comes to aligners, um, so... One listener uh, texted in. Uh, I'm trying not to Duo. use brand it, it, it names kind here. Kind of like ones uh, that makes it invisible, yeah. right? Okay, yes. we'll put it we'll like that. that. When, when yeah. you when you when you search for aligners, this mm-hmm. is the first brand name that comes up anyway, yeah. and uh, it's very common. It's very popular among influencers. Our listener basically wants to know: um, Are aligners actually better than braces, or is it mostly a vanity thing? Mm-hmm. No, it is not a vanity thing. So so wanting to get your teeth corrected at any age is it's nothing to do with vanity. It's mm-hmm. for you to, you know, it's it's more for function, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's function and aesthetics comes along mm-hmm. with it. Uh, I've heard people saying that, oh, you know, people in the 40s, you want to use aligners or braces. It's all midlife crisis. It's actually mm-hmm. not true. Yeah. It's actually not true. It's something, it's probably an unfulfilled desire that you've had and you want to, you know, mm-hmm. address it. So looking at this question, no, it is, it is not. So whether you choose choose an aligner or braces yeah these are options so you need to diagnose properly first so normally what i do is or any orthodontist so braces can treat all sorts of cases uh-huh. yeah there is some slight limitation with certain kind of tooth movement with aligners but now with research and technology so th- there are some aligners that would pop up as soon as you put google clear aligner mm-hmm. you know because they're marketed very well and these are established brands so they they are backed up with a lot of research mm-hmm. so that's why you know some brands will pop out faster than the other there are some brands that are relatively really new Mm -hmm. so um, that is to answer the question why certain brands pop out you know Mm -hmm. faster than the other how how do consumers know what is benefits of one brand over the other or would you recommend that to the consumers see that's the thing Uh, if I look the way I look at it it is not the brand that is actually gonna get the treatment going so um, the analogy is like this I always use this analogy for my patients so you have different kind of modes of transportation Mm -hmm. to go to your final destination so you have cars you have you have the plane you have train you have flight so the most important thing here is actually the driver 
So the pilot who brings you to the place, that's why the clinician is actually the more important factor than the type of braces you're mm-hmm. using or the type of aligners that you're using. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so of find course. the right clinician. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm choosing this question because I feel for this parent. And it's all <laughs> probably relevant to you. Yes. How to convince a 12-year-old to get braces? My daughter doesn't want any pain and wants to eat everything, hard solids included. Her older sister has braces, so she's traumatized looking at the pain and diet restrictions faced by her older sister. Mm-hmm. Is it a common mm. dilemma? I think this is more of um, it's it's a it's a perceived like it's more like a perception that people have. Braces is extremely painful. Uh, Braces should not be painful. So the initial, you will have some discomfort. You will have some diet restrictions when you're wearing metal braces. You know, in the sense that I always tell my patients, eat anything that you want. As long as the braces doesn't come off, then it's it's fine. You know, mm-hmm. in terms of diet restrictions. Initially, it takes a while to adapt. You know, you want to eat both sides equally mm-hmm. so that you don't damage the brace on one side. So you might have to cut your food a little smaller. You might have to treat and to softer meat like fish instead of chicken. Initially, when you mm-hmm. get the brace on, as you eat aligning you know things are a lot straighter it's much easier to bite and then I notice most of my patients tell me that the dietary restrictions is it's not so bad anymore mm-hmm. and in terms of pain normally the initial pain is just during tightening because it's some sort of inflammation that mm-hmm. is induced so maybe just for the first two to three days and you can just use over-the-counter pain medication so for this question um, I think the child just needs motivation so um, you can bring the child to a suitable orthodontist and hopefully they'll be able to motivate the child to to you know um I think mm-hmm. awareness, when they get the right amount of knowledge, then they might just open up slightly. Yeah. Yeah. You hear a lot of stories. Yeah. You know? yeah. How often do you do the tightening and, um, you know, inspections of the alignment? So in general, um, you can do it initially, I do it once a month and then you can do it six weeks once and then you can do it eight weeks once. It depends on cases. Mm-hmm. The convenience of aligners is that it's removable. So we actually give a few sets of aligners to the patient, let's say eight sets. Mm-hmm. So if they're going to change one set of aligner every week, according to what we prescribe, Mm -hmm. Uh, then you get to see them once in two months, once in three months. So Mm -hmm. it's a lot more convenient. But aligners are compliant dependent because you have to wear them for at least 22 hours. It's not going to work. Early on, you said, um, you know, sometimes the metallic braces itself can come off or Mm -hmm. actually get dislodged. How often does that happen? Okay, that happens due to a multitude of reasons. Yeah, One is probably, you know, the way they chew. They chew on one side, so it tends to come off. Or sometimes uh, just the position of the teeth, it's so difficult to actually attach the little metal pieces on. So um, initially, most of my patients have difficulties initially. It comes off, you know, maybe two or three times in the first three months and Mm -hmm. then it gets a lot better. It's also oral hygiene dependent, meaning if you keep that area clean, you don't let food or plaque or bacteria get accumulated, Mm -hmm. it should last you Mm -hmm. there. They won't just fall off with like more vigorous brushing or anything like that? It should not. It should not because the bonding material that we use nowadays, you know, with the advancement of science and technology, there are really good dental materials uh, to attach all these on. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm just going to address this question before we go for a break. Just very quickly, can a person with a very long lower jaw have it shortened? Yes, that is called jaw surgery, orthognathic surgery. So you will have a face of braces Mm -hmm. and then you work together with a maxillofacial surgeon who's going to operate on the jaw. So there'll be a face of braces and then you get undergo the operation and then there will be fine-tuning with braces as well. Treatment duration should also take you about two to three years as well. Mm-hmm. But it's much more difficult to plan these cases. It's multidisciplinary, so we get the surgeon on board as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So is it quite complex? 
um, complex in the sense that it is common. You'll be surprised at how many people are opening up to, you know, orthognatic surgery, the possibility. We see that more in the government because of cost issues, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lot cheaper doing it than the private setup. But uh, yeah, yeah, it is complicated, but it's doable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, we'll go for a quick break and continue uh, with some precautions and I, I guess some uh, advice about um, where to get um, the right type of braces and aligners and the dangers of um, getting them from people who are not professionals. My co-host, Dr. George Lee in the studio, as well as specialist orthodontist, Dr. Darsha Mayapan. You can WhatsApp uh, us with your questions, 018-789-8899 or call us at 03-7733-2900. We'll be right back. Health and Living, BFM 89.9. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Health and Living with me, T. Shawik, and my co-host, Dr. George Lee. We're joined today by specialist orthodontist, Dr. Darsha Mayapan. She is talking to us about correcting problems related to the face structure, jaw bones and teeth, um, orthodontic problems. Um, so call us with your questions, 03-7733-2900 or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. I'm going to be very frank here, Dr. Darsha. Do you see a lot of bogus products and dodgy um, braces, you know, um, being fitted by people who actually shouldn't be doing this at all? And what are the dangers of those? Yeah, I would be lying if I say no, I haven't. Yes, definitely I have. So the dangers of both those things is that, you know, I find it, um, I find that people think that it's a, it's more like a dental accessory. So these people who are selling these kind of braces, they actually, mm-hmm. you know, I've seen, the strangest I've seen is a clip-on braces. So what is that they're thinking is that braces is associated with like a status symbol, like, mm-hmm. you know, a sense of wealth. You, you know, you try to show off your wealth or style, which it baffles me slightly. I do not understand, you know, how <laughs> They actually, you know, picture it that way. So the dangers of these is these products are not registered under, you know, any medical devices. No research has been done on these products. Toxicity. You don't know what kind of material that they're using. Some people can get uh, allergic reactions, anaphylaxis. Um, and you don't even know all this glue that they use to stick it on. You don't know how much it's actually going to erode your tooth surface. Mm. And worst case scenario I have seen is that the tooth has become so loose because of uncontrolled force and it's it's just out. That's the worst thing that can happen. You lose your teeth and mm. then you'll have to spend a lot more trying to replace that with prosthesis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where are these bogus services being provided? One of the top that I've seen is actually on TikTok. TikTok, Instagram, social media. So that's a bit of a danger, isn't it? Now we're at an information age and, you know, everything is just with a click of a button. And um, the effects are actually amplified in the sense it's like a domino effect. You just put one stuff that you're doing, fake braces, and there's a lot of people following you and, you know, they, they think that it's all right to do fake braces. So, so they put it on themselves, so kind of this DIY? So the kind of DIY I've seen, it's a kind of strange. So they basically send you a video, mm-hmm. yeah? So they um, they tell you you can choose whether you want upper arch braces or lower arch braces. They send you a video, they teach you how to clip it on. They also provide the glue for you to put it on. That is one <laughs> kind. It's pretty interesting. They're very creative in that. And the other ones are done in like hotel rooms, um, apartments. You know, it, it should sound slightly dodgy. Mm-hmm. And you will be surprised, you, you would think that, you know, someone who's not very exposed to city life are the ones who fall victim or prey to all this. But no, you'll be surprised some school-going children who are educated, they still fall prey to this. Mm. Yeah. Perhaps you'll fall prey to this because of cost. Do you think um, that's probably one subject that we need to dwell into it a bit? 
Yeah, I mean, it's really sad to think that cost alone is a deterrent to someone getting a proper health care. Um, so for those who feel that they really cannot afford braces, you can always go to the government services. Yeah, uh, As long as you're a Malaysian, you can walk into a, um, a dental clinic in the government and ask to be referred to an orthodontist. Priority is given to those 18 and below. Uh-huh. Because, um, you know, we don't we only have this much of ortho, this many orthodontists to see everybody. The demand is really high. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll have to put up to the long waiting list and so on but uh, that is one option the other thing you can also go up to universities it's slightly cheaper than completely going up to private practices alone mm-hmm. because you have postgraduate students mm-hmm. you need patients for training mm-hmm. so you probably pay a fraction of the price and third yes if you want um, you know something immediate you want to see the same orthodontist then you will have to resort to private practice braces has been made to a certain extent the way I look at it it has been made more affordable mm-hmm. because you do not actually have to pay up front of the entire amount of so course. it's all in installment and uh, I think we think it's expensive because we fail to see the value in it so if you look at it as an investment for your health Mm -hmm. then it's actually not really expensive I think what's expensive here is you know doing it with a cheap provider and then, you know, trying to repair what the damage that's done, that's going to cost you a lot mm-hmm. more. <laughs> for for parents, let's say, you know, seven-year-old who is, you know, bringing a child to see you, um, I mean, what sort of cost they are looking at um, for them to complete their treatment journey? Okay, that, that is, um, okay, at this point of time, there are only guidelines as to how much you can charge for the braces, yeah, so this, this is a range. So in, even in the government, it's not completely free unless you are a government servant, you can use your uh-huh. guarantee letter. So at the moment, in the government is about 1,000 ringgit for the braces and 200 for the retainers. So if you were to go to a university, you'll probably pay two to three times, maybe three to four times more than that. You're completely coming out to private practice, you look at about five to six times and Understood. it varies according to the practitioner, the difficulty of the case and also the location of the clinic to a certain extent. Of course. Yeah, because the setup would cost different. Yeah. Mm. Have you been able, I mean, you uh, obviously have come across the botched jobs. Mm-hmm. Have you been able to fix the damage occurring from uh, you know, the use of, of these braces that are you know, not appropriate in the first place? That is the thing. To a certain extent, it is salvageable. Sometimes it's beyond what we can actually salvage. So we try to... Um, so if there's a case of fake braces, what we do is, first of all, we remove it. Yeah, mm-hmm. we remove it. And then we take records again, the radiographs, your x-rays to see how much of bone is left in there, how much of root is left in there. And we try to... But it's always compromised. To mm-hmm. be very frank, it's always compromised treatment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we have addressed this to, to some extent, but let me just reiterate mm-hmm. um, a listener's question. Can I see my regular general dentist who, um, who does braces treatment or must it be an orthodontist? Okay, this is quite a common question. So legally general dentists can perform orthodontics mm-hmm. but orthodontic training is not given in your undergrad meaning that you're not you're not getting that in dental school so general dentists generally they take up additional courses you know at, the, at their own uh, effort and uh, probably I would think they would be able to handle simple cases but mm-hmm. it's it's a very individual basis so the analogy you know to help you choose so let's say you have a heart problem so your general physician can treat you mm-hmm. your cardiologist can treat you so whom would you be more comfortable to get treated mm-hmm. Someone who's better equipped to handle the complication or are you all right with your general physician? So Mm -hmm. that really depends on you. But as long as you're aware that 
whether you're going to a specialist or a general dentist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And also obviously goes for registered dentists or a orthodontists. Registered dentists. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Um, and so on that note, then how do we check if a dental practitioner is registered and licensed? And similarly for the specialist orthodontist. Okay, so there is a website called DPIMS, that's the Dental Practitioner uh, Management System. So you can put up any dentist's name mm-hmm. and they will normally uh, appear there with their main practicing address. That is one. That's to see whether if they're a registered dentist. For orthodontists, mm-hmm. at this point of time, I mentioned the specialist register, but it's actually not available online yet. But generally, um, we expect it to, generally all dentists in the private, you expect it to put up your certification in the front of the clinic. So if someone is hiding all the asserts, you know, it's it looks a little bit dodgy. I think it's the same for medical as That's well. That's correct, yeah. Yeah, so there's nothing to hide. And someone shouldn't get offended when you ask them, are you a dentist? Are you a registered orthodontist? They actually should not be offended. Yeah, yeah. it's all right to ask. So, and yeah. for orthodontists, you can look up at the Malaysian Association of Orthodontists. They have a website. They've categorized based on the state, actually. Mm-hmm. The slight glitch here is sometimes these websites are not as updated as fast as we would like them to be. Mm-hmm. But I know my colleagues are actually working very hard to get them updated. So as long as the person's name is there, it should be absolutely fine. Mm. Yeah. And um, I think more uh, basic is when people are just seeing all these things on social media and they're not even going to a clinic where they could ask for certification. These yeah. are people just scrolling on their mm-hmm. feeds and getting drawn to these promises. What are some red flags that tell people actually this is too good to be true? Hashtag braces mura. <laughs> to be really fair, we, we don't see hashtag, you know, uh, append, cheap appendicectomy or, yeah. you know, cheap tummy tuck or, you know, d- medical procedures, but we always see cheap hashtag. Cheap tummy tuck ada. Oh, there yeah. is cheap tummy And we've had a whole conversation. Oh, about, seriously, about, must have yeah. missed that. Oh, that's terrible. You should listen to Shawi's show more often because she <laughs> she is the no. she's the watchdog for all these that's healthcare amazing, But basically, yeah. hashtag cheap anything is, yeah. is yeah, a red flag. Yeah, yeah, it's a red flag because I haven't materials. seen cheap circumcision or things like that. <laughs> Not yet. I'm sure it's coming. I, I, think, I think I've heard of that. You know, it's, it's done in, in dodgy areas as That's well, right. like in, in ho- hotels and houses. Yes. yes. Yeah. I think the problem here is there's a perceived separation. You feel like dental health is not part of your overall health. Mm-hmm. So you feel like, you know, it's, it's not very important. So the red flags, the other things, all these um, colourful you know, uh, elastic bands that you put around mm-hmm. the brace, the, the rings. So you have all these Hello Kitty shape and the Mickey Mouse shape. I mean, they're obviously not from, you know, d- proper dental products. And the other red flag, anything too cheap. And, and, you know, all these videos where they show, it's actually very doctored. It's mm-hmm. it's like probably photoshopped or those are the red flags. Anything that it, it says that is cheap, is fast or, you know, fast braces, two weeks braces, when they give you the option of choosing whether you want to do the upper arch or lower arch, mm-hmm. which one you want to take in first. The other one that I saw was hilarious because they give you the duration. So if you pay 500 ringgit, then your braces is only for six months. Oh, you so want to wear it long. <laughs> <laughs> so you can faci- uh, you can actually yeah. fast, uh, you know, fast track. Uh, just like, you know, you go to fast lane if you pay a bit more. <laughs> All right. Okay. So you're yeah, somehow, so. the jaw modification <laughs> will uh, be susceptible to, um, you know, higher reimbursement or something. Well, <laughs> you know, um, um, these people are very slick at marketing. So um, good 
tips um, for things to look out for. A final message, Dr. Darshan? Um, final message. Okay, so I, I think the dental awareness is rather, you know, I can't say completely poor. It's getting a lot better, but it's still not as, you know, I expect it to be in Malaysia. So don't fear to go to your dentist, yeah, as, as there's a statement that says, you know, your dental health is actually the window to your overall health, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's already proven that, you know, poor dental health is linked up with cardiovascular disease, you know, stroke, uh, pregnancy-related, you know, premature babies and so on. That's another thing. Number two, get your children for assessment at the age of seven, yeah, to an orthodontist whether or not they're going to start treatment just get the assessment early early interception is a lot cheaper and your bills later and the other three uh, the third thing I would like to say is uh, you know spend a little time 5-10 minutes extra and research about the clinician that you're going to look up for their cases look up for their credentials and uh, try to find someone who really understands you and can work with you because mm-hmm. it's 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 long term mm-hmm. it's Absolutely. like an investment for health you know? yeah. any final thoughts yeah George? I really like that I think investment <laughs> of your oral health is investment of your overall health. Yes. Um, on that note, thank you so much, Dr. Darsha, for thank speaking you. to us today. Specialist orthodontist, Dr. Darsha Mayapan. And of course, my co-host, Dr. George Lee, consultant urologist, here for our Doctor in the House segment on Health and Living, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.